Welcome back into the last segment of Inside Black and Gold brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must a reason. Uh, Jeff, get, getting into our mailbag section now, part of the show. Now there's got to be a lot of hopefully positive who that black and gold questions coming at us. Yeah, there's some questions in here. And I mean, so time on my side says the only trades we need is on defense. I don't see a need for a back. Just use Taysom a tad bit more. And, you know, that's fair. But I do think that like, it, you're you're not really using Taysom Hill as a running back. You're you you need a running back to be able to like you know for instance like short yardage carries where it's like second and one and you just want to plow ahead and get that first down. It doesn't really matter who it is. You just need a body there who's going to be able to fall forward. And that's why I think the Saints still kind of kicked themselves that they weren't able to keep Latavius Murray around because he's a, he was the perfect candidate to do that. And so it's like, if Mark is not available to do that, because I think Mark has been solid there as well, you might need a body, right? And Dwayne Washington might be that guy, but I think you do kick the tires somewhere. Either way, I agree with you. I, I don't think you need to make trades on defense, though. I think your defense is fine. You just need to get the guys back. You need to get Marshawn back, right? You need to make sure that your defensive line rotation is healthy. But yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be very active on trade deadline day, but knowing that Mark has an injury and you're going to see what, you know, you're going to get more information about that tomorrow. It's a knee injury. So you kind of, you know, you have to wonder. And uh, if it is more significant, they're going to keep him out a couple weeks. Maybe that's all I'm saying, but I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be that active. Yeah. And I don't even know, honestly, if this team happened to lose to the Raiders, would they consider themselves sellers? I don't, I don't think the saints looked at themselves at all that way. No, they don't. And that's a Mickey Loomis thing, but right. if they lost bad enough, like if they lost in a way that was like, man, we just can't like, cause this Raiders team isn't good. And so yes, our fan here, did the saints get their groove back or are the Raiders a really bad team? You know, I think it's, it's a little, a little bit, bit of both. both. Yeah. Right. I like, I, I, I mean, part. I think the Raiders are not a great football team, right? They're two and five. The saints were two and five too. You know, th- there's a reasons for that, but this was a good offense. I don't think their defense was anything special, but this offense had been putting up points and it had been moving the ball. And for a team like the Saints, who had been struggling to stop anyone with a pulse, this is a positive thing. And so whether whether it's an example of the Saints dominating a bad team or not, the fact is this Saints team hadn't been able to dominate anybody, whether they were good or bad. So it's confidence building, and you start to gain a kind of identity of who you are. And so in that respect, yes. Right. They, they did. They did beat a bad team, but they also did it in a way that makes you feel good about the team that you're watching. Yeah, absolutely. You had a, a running back who was really hot coming in in uh, Jacobs. And then you had a threat in Devontae Adams where you had been giving up these chunk plays and you didn't have your top corner around. So, yeah, there was there was that scare there and they did a, a great job of just neutralizing everything. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we talked about this earlier. The, the Raiders, the, the Saints didn't just beat the Raiders. This wasn't a situation where it's like, oh, yeah, they they beat them. The Raiders turned the ball over in the red zone. They didn't execute. They kicked field goals instead of getting touchdowns. They literally did not get past midfield. Whoop that ass. Until like two minutes left of the game with Jarrett Stidham, uh, you know, chucking it all around the yard. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Derek Carr, the Derek Carr led Raiders offense did not get to the Saints side of the field. That is not like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, sure, you beat a bad team. You also just thoroughly dominated that bad team. And so if you can do that, you're going to make the playoffs because, like, you're going to be favored. And there's going to be a several matchups later in the season where it's like, yeah, you just got to go win this game, right? And the Saints weren't able to do that against the Falcons. They weren't able to do that against the Panthers. I think, like, the Vikings are 5-1. I don't think they're that good, right? And you still couldn't, you couldn't shut them down at all. So, like, 
if all you do is beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you're probably a playoff team. And so if the Saints team only is able to do that the rest of the way, you're feeling better about it. And what's crazy, while they, I don't feel like they were supposed to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and obviously they didn't, they did everything I thought right in that game to win it. Except they didn't play defense the way that they needed to. Right, exactly. Like the offense, you know, and you kind of, you. what I was wondering was, okay, is this offense a mirage, right? Like the points you put up against the Cardinals, would you put up those points if the offense hadn't already surrendered two pick sixes and you were in a 20-point hole, right? You're always going to sure. get a little bit more going in garbage time. But I think what you saw today is like, no, I think this offense really does have the ability to make life really miserable on teams. And it's just a matter of whether the Saints can kind of make sure that works in their favor. Totally agree with that. I mean, when you look at the numbers that this offense is putting up, I I wouldn't have guessed it, honestly. And yeah, my dud for last week, Pete Carmichael probably didn't deserve it. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, I, th- I think you were overreacting a little bit, but to be fair, not only, like the Rashid Shahid thing, right? Like you got three touches today. You force fed him two more touches after a big play. Yeah. He, that's something you have to make sure you try to do is incorporate your, your playmakers. And he hadn't, he did today. Like Taysom Hill touched the ball 12 times, right? That's the number you, you want to get between eight and 15. I think he did. Robert Tillman is, puts it really well today. Like this was such a total turnaround from what we've been seeing that it's hard to contextualize it moving forward. Like it really was like you literally had allowed the most total points in the NFL as a defense. Like, and that includes four, four touchdowns allowed by the offense to be fair, but like that's a, what, whether the Raiders are a bad team or not, which their offense had not been bad to hold them off the scoreboard is such a, such a drastic turnaround that it's like when you look at a team that's like suddenly had this kind of come to Jesus moment in the locker room, you kind of have to wonder if that did make a, make a big difference. And I think, it- yeah, the, this Raiders team was favored coming into the Superdome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Vegas thought I liked them. Louise right. Lockett says Lutz is a dud. Ain't nobody safe from Jeff. You're right. If you play like, <laughs> no, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, you miss, you miss a You miss a kick like that when you're a star player and you're supposed to be this rock steady kicker, then yeah, you're a dud in my book. And I, I'm giving you the stamp. Plus it was so hard to find the dud this game that, I mean, right. I was what, desperate. I had to pick somebody. It's called right, studs I, and dud, not studs and studs and studs. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even think of one. Honestly, we had to make up one for Rashid Shahid. Like we literally were like, can you think of another one? And and we were like, like, okay, we'll go with that because that was the only thing we could think of. Like the only person on this team that I could think of that made a bad play today was Lutz. And so he got We, we also kind of batted around Blake Gillikin just because his punting hasn't really been up to par. His season has been a dud, but he didn't really make sense today because he didn't have any bad punts today. But like he hasn't, it, I don't remember a punt this season where I was like, wow, that changed the game. Like, you pin someone at their own five. Like if you go back to Washington last year, I think it was week six, week eight, week five. I don't know. The game in Washington, he pinned them three times inside their own five yard line. Like yeah. twice that resulted directly in Saints points. Like those are the type of plays that you would hope for from, from your star punter. And you haven't seen those. He's made more bad punts like the Bengals punt that I, you know, you could argue completely lost in that game. Like he's had more of those than he has had punts that like flipped the field or, you know, set up the other team inside their own 10. So, yeah, but we didn't include him because he actually didn't have a bad day. B. Slaughter, the commissioner. I knew Saints could win when I heard Darren Waller wasn't playing. They gave the Saints linebackers a day off. That is fair. This, the Raiders did not have Darren Waller. They had Devontae Adams recovering from the flu. You know, like, I think that may have played a role. You know, maybe he was a step slow. But, you know, again, like we said, the Saints defense couldn't stop anybody. So uh, I'll take what, I, what you can get. 
it'll be interesting to see too. It's like so many of these Raiders players, they had a bout of the flu going through that team. So are we to assume that that doesn't have any effect on this Saints squad? As it just, it was just wild to think the past two seasons of how COVID was handled with everything. I just, it's lunacy. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be funny if like half the Saints roster has the flu next week. <laughs> That's what I'm and saying. Then, right. And then I get it. And then you get it. And then, yeah. And then we're like, Oh, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, that's weird. It's like, it's almost like that's how the world works on. But yeah, time on my side says he's a fan. He, he subscribes. So that's nice. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank on my you side. time on my side. <laughs> is that your, is that your real name? A couple more questions and then we'll get going. But on for a while. You're not living at the Superdome today. No, no. I wanted to go watch the end of the Giants game and they lost. So I just need to stop watching Giants games. Mark Lagrange, milk duds, play of the game equals Lutz. That's it. I'm not sure I get that one. Am I missing something? I don't know. I think it's rhymes and it's a dud. Milk duds. Oh, milk, milk duds, duds play of the game. I got you. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't getting it. I was like, huh? We should see if we can get milk duds to sponsor that segment. Caramel and chewy. Every time we pick a dud, we eat one. And we can't talk for like five minutes. I also don't like milk duds. So that's, no. That's- yeah, it's like the it's like a bottom five Halloween candy. Yeah, I'm I'm not like a candy corn hater, but I'm I'm not a fan of it either. But I think it's so funny the the slander that goes around with candy corn every year, and people either overreacting to it either way. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just garbage, you know, just chewy garbage. <laughs> but I mean that's all Halloween is. It's about eating chewy garbage. Yeah, and, about, right. and then the cops tell you that you should check your kids for their weed candy, but you know, just in case, so you can have it instead. And yeah, exactly. That's that, that's <laughs> another thing. Yeah, that's hilarious to me. Is every year, yeah, people, people giving the their drugs just out to children <laughs> in case these in case these people are are being real nice and giving your kids all their <laughs> weed. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to get them hooked, man. That's the dumbest thing every year. It's so funny because I've worked in news for a long time. This is so off topic, but like every year you see like news outlets fall for these like PSAs. People aren't giving your kids their expensive weed candy. Like they they bought it for themselves. If they gave it to them, it's by accident. You should return it. Right. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. You guys, you gave us the wrong candy. (laughs) Do you know how much this one gummy cost me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just so funny. It's like it's like it's like in the playbook anyway. uh, This that's this is not that podcast, but (laughs) it's Halloween, man. We can end this. Do you see any good costumes out there today? Um, nothing that really I felt like stood out to me. Just a lot of uh a lot of skeletons, which I had a skeleton shirt on, so I felt like I was part of a gang, but just um your, your standard, I would say, Saints crowd, honestly. It wasn't anything really that stood out to me about any specific costume, though. Yeah, maybe maybe next year. I'm always looking for the scantily clad. <laughs> I don't know. I you can't bring that up on, like, you can't, you can't talk about that on, like, live on air. You can talk about that on a podcast. <laughs> like, that's a weird thing to talk about on the air, Steve. I need you to understand that. <laughs> that's, the, like, the best part of Halloween, though, is girls feel like they can just wear next to nothing, and it's a costume. Uh. <laughs> all right i'll let you have it lingerie turns into a halloween outfit yes if you're a cat you're a sexy cat yes everything's sexy this i'm a sexy saints fan see i'm not the only one who makes fun of you for freezing all the time <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna have to find a new uh a, a google nest boost in here somehow yeah well it's funny because my wi-fi is terrible but for some reason you yours is just like you know cricket 
There's right. one more from Mark Lagrange. Dalton right. looks reliably above average. Taysom blend good. I don't know what that means. Need to keep them guessing with pass or two per game. So yeah, like I think he's doing like the Taysom like offensive structure of like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Like Andy Dalton is not going to go out there and and bring you back from three scores down in the second half, right? But he is a guy who can go out there and trust to run the offense and do what you want him to do and not make any dumb mistakes. And, you know, I, I, like, like I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say Jason, James Winston, Jason Winston, James Winston couldn't do the same things. But if it's working, there's no reason to change. And I think that's where if you're Dennis Allen – and you're trying to make you were trying to make that decision. It's like, why would you add a variable when you don't have to? And you're averaging 30 points a game and you're feeling good about your offense. And it's just like getting your defense to work, right? Like we didn't see anything different on offense this week. We just saw a defense that held up its end, and suddenly you won a game easily, right? And so if you're questioning a lot of the stuff Dennis Allen is doing, I think he was right on in that assessment of like. We don't need to change things with the offense. We need to fix the defense and then everything will fall into place and you have found a winning formula. And I think that's what you have. I, I, I don't think you need to see a ton of Taysom Hill throws. I really don't because teams aren't being able to stop it. Though, like they had nothing for Taysom Hill in the run game. Like he, he completed one pass for three yards. He caught a pass for 11 yards. I think the way he's being incorporated is perfect. And I think you just need to keep doing it. Hopefully, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to be able to handle Lamar next week, you know, so I think they might take a step back as a defense dealing with that kind of the, the, the running aspect, because that's not something you had to deal with this week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a bridge you cross at that point. I'm just going to enjoy these positive vibes while I can. Yeah. And then talking about positive vibes, I got to say this about Jameis. He's a hell of a teammate because he was been he's been nothing yeah, but a that. great cheerleader on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, such a positive presence there. And it really stood out to me in the fact that, wow, this guy could be pouting on the bench right now. And that's not the case at all. Not even you would never know. You, you would have no idea that he is has been passed over for a job. And, you know, like you give him all the credit in the world. Like, that's not easy to do. Like, no, like right. even like I have RBF at the best of times. Right. Like uh, <laughs> and, and like you would never have known for an instant that he just that he essentially just got benched. Right. And he's standing outside the door, giving everyone high fives and they're way into the back of the locker room. Like he is doing everything that you could ask him to do. And so, like. Yeah, I mean, you give him all the credit. I give him all the credit in the world for that. Absolutely. That's why I said kudos to him as just a teammate and just being a positive influence. No doubt. That is a wrap for another edition of Inside Black and Gold. I'm Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. There must be. Somewhere. Hopefully that reason, we'll be talking, we'll be talking more about it, obviously, through the week, but... You know, we're going to be like Alvin Kamara, too, now. It's like, all right, they, they had their swag on for this one game. Now what's next? Because you got a t- much tougher opponent in the Baltimore Ravens coming into this Superdome. And it'd be nice to build a little momentum for the season at home, just in general, as you're trying to uh, keep these positive vibes going and this momentum going that hopefully uh, maybe Alvin Kamara can speak out again and against his team this week in the locker room. Swag ain't shit if it's not consistent, Steve. Exactly. That's what Alvin says. So swag it out every day, all day. Yes, swag it up. All right, y'all. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Send Steve a tweet at Steve Geller WWL. He doesn't freeze on Twitter nearly as much as he does on this podcast. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.